0: Okay, so we're joined. We're joined today by um by Matt Polster, ex-Rangers, current New England Revolution um defender, midfielder. That we'll get onto all that. But um
1: but yeah, Matt, how are you? I'm good, man. How are, how's everything with you?
0: Yeah, yeah, all good, thanks, all good. Um I guess first thing sort of away from football a little bit, but um loads going on in the world right now, uh, nowhere more so I guess than in the States. How's uh, how's life over there? Is it all okay?
1: It's obviously it's a bit different because you're Obviously, if you're in Scotland or England, it's all under one ruling. Um, so each state differs. Um, California is a little bit more strict than where I'm from. I am I usually live in Las Vegas with my parents. Um, so they're a little more lenient there. But it changes based on state. Obviously, um, New England, Boston area uh, kind of had a spike of COVID case. So it's been a little more strict there as well. So it just differs where you live. Um, but for the most part, it's OK.
0: And what about you? You and the family all OK, yeah?
1: Yeah, all good. Um, right now I'm with my mother and father-in-law in L.A. Um, with my wife's side of the family, so it's good to see them a little bit. Um, I plan on seeing my parents one more time before hopefully we go back to uh, playing some football.
0: Yeah, cool. Good, good to hear you're all doing well. Um, I, I guess I want to take it right back to the start. Um, so, But before football, I'm really interested. What's life like growing up in Vegas?
1: <laughs> I get that question asked quite a bit, even from like teammates in America. Um, yeah. It's definitely a different, um, but my parents did a really incredible job in terms of like sheltering me, maybe mm-hmm. too much to an extent, um, but obviously you're always concerned about the worst. Uh, living in Las Vegas, obviously, there's a lot of yeah. things you can get into, um, but for the most part, it's just like any typical suburb. Um, we're about 30 minutes, 35 minutes away from the strip, so it's nice to be able to go down there um, for shows or entertainment and food. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's 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 growing a lot i I loved it as a kid um i love- I, I honestly love Vegas,
0: yeah, yeah, it seems an amazing place i'd love to love to visit sometime um so football obviously a massive part of your life and it's growing um over in the states and um, it's it's still not really it's not the number one sport there's a couple ahead of it but um I guess you would have been exposed to all kinds of different sports as you were growing up. what made you choose uh football or soccer i guess over those other kind of more popular sports in the states?
1: Yeah, it's definitely taking some time to grow. Um, it's, it's tough to compete when you have NFL, MLB, um, NBA. Those are obviously the big main sports that as a kid you, you tend to um, play. Uh, mm. I was stuck in baseball for the most part. My parents were terrified of me playing uh, football. Mm. So baseball was my only other sport. And then my mom was the one who got me into soccer initially. And she kind of just saw my love for it. And I know when I was about probably a teenager, 13 or 14, I really had to decide whether if I wanted to stick with baseball or stick with soccer. And um, I just came back after a baseball game and basically broke down and just said, I don't want to play baseball anymore. I just want to play soccer. So um, my parents kind of see the passion I had for the game and um, just let me go, go with it, you know, and it's obviously turned out pretty well.
0: Yeah, nice. Were you a good baseball player Yeah, Did you have a chance there or um... – or was it just all
1: soccer, really? It was okay. No, nah, I was definitely not. In inter- like, if you compare soccer to baseball, um, I was definitely a better soccer player. But baseball, I enjoyed. It's just such a slow sport. Um, and the only, obviously, in soccer and football, you're you're engaged in all at all times, and you're always like your mind's always racing and having to solve problems on the field. Baseball is just you pitch it, you hit it. Mm-hmm. throw to first you know it's just like it's so ju- it's just the same thing over and over and I just didn't like that kind of repetition
0: yeah no fair yeah. enough fair enough so started off properly I guess uh, I think I'm right with Colorado Rapids is that right
1: um I had a short spell there so being in Las Vegas there wasn't a lot of soccer um academies we actually never had an academy um so I was got lucky with the team I was a part with in Vegas that p- partnered with Colorado Rapids. Mm. Um, so I was able to go up there a couple times, um, during my time with downtown to train with that team. Um, I never was really with the Colorado Rapids. They just okay. gave me a couple uh, chances to train with them.
0: All right. Okay. So, you need to tell me because I think it's a bit different over there, but it all kind of comes through like college football is the sort of main thing that gets you started properly. Is that right? So um you're with the Ed- Edwardsville Cougars. Is that where it really started to kick off for you then?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the biggest part I know when I was growing up, um, you, you had that transition from college, from playing soccer to college and then you go through the draft and then you get drafted to a team. Um, that was kind of the, the transition I had. I think that's starting to change a little bit more. Um, teams are now going through their academy as opposed to going through the draft. I think the draft will always be some type of thing, um, but I, I think in the coming years, you're, you're going to start to see uh, teams rely on their academy more than the draft. But for me personally, yes, I had to come through college. Um, I really enjoyed college. Uh, it was definitely a different type of game and style, but I think it benefited me going into the professional game.
0: And then that that draft happened in 2015 I think it was Chicago fire came in to, to take you so um how did you feel when that happened then about your buzzing when you got the, the shout
1: yeah I mean I definitely get some stick for it still because obviously I I didn't cry but I definitely had like a, a moment where I got choked up because you know as a kid you really you know you, you you dream of those moments and you dream to sign that contract and be a part part of a professional team and for me, that was what I've always wanted to do and for it to come to uh, fruition. Um, I was extremely happy and, you know, my parents have been there with me every step of the way and I was happy for them to be a part of that. So um, it was an incredible experience.
0: Yeah, amazing, man. I'd like, anyone would get emotional in that moment. I know I would. That's that's living the dream, <laughs> isn't it? So um, it was three seasons you, you had there. Uh, did you have a good time? Was it successful? How, how did you get on?
1: Yeah, I ended up doing four years with Chicago, but my cool. fourth year I ended up getting uh, injured um, second game of the season, I believe, and that kind of put me out. Um, unfortunately, it wouldn't have been the full season of injury, but I re-injured my injury, which right. put me basically to the end of the season. I think I got the last two games in, so things at the end of the, my Chicago career kind of like didn't play out as I would have liked. Um but my first three years I, I thoroughly enjoyed because obviously as I was playing on a consistent basis in, um, in 2017, we had a really good season with, uh, a couple, obviously huge signings like Dax McCarty, um, uh, Bastion Schweinsteiger, Janino. So we put a, we put a really good team together. Um, I really enjoyed that, that group of guys and and Chicago is an incredible city. So it's, it was, it turned out to be a good, you know, final two years, especially if I didn't get injured. So, um, but I, I, I loved Chicago.
0: Yeah, no, it sounds good. See, see when guys like Schweinsteiger and Janine come in, like, is it hard not to be, like, a little bit starstruck, like, when you're sort of training with these guys every single day or, or you know, are they just, just one of the other guys, basically?
1: I definitely was thinking that when Schweinsteiger came into the changing room. Yeah. But he broke the ice himself. Like, this man would come into the changing room and start blasting music and, like, singing to it and, like, joking around. So... He made like the environment much more like calm and you didn't have like didn't feel like you were tiptoeing around like a big you know star yeah so he did a really good job of like opening up from the first training session and it was easy to be around him and easy to play with him
0: yeah there's a guy that's like won the world cup and things like
1: that you think he was going to be like super not that he wasn't like all business and wanted to win he wanted to win but when he had moments to like, really ease everybody and like calm everybody down, but whether it be on the pitch or in the changing room, he was really good at that. So,
0: no, nah, it's good. And for you, like you played midfield at that time, or sort of switched between midfield and defense. So when you see someone like that coming in in a sort of, I guess there's a good side and a bad side. He's like competing for your position, which probably isn't great, but you must just think, I, I can learn so much from this guy.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think. Like you said, it was obviously a bit not disappointing because it was incredible to be with him and around him and learn from him. But it definitely hurt me playing midfield, and that's when the transition happened in 2017 when we signed Janino Schweinsteiger and Dax McCarty. It was very difficult to break that, break into that midfield, and for me, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to play and I wanted to be a part of the team. And for me, that was to find another role within the group where I could benefit the team, and that was right back.
0: Okay, so is that, is that what kind of almost forced that change to happen then, yeah?
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think it was, initially it wasn't even a thought because I don't even think, I, I think I might have played the first game and maybe I didn't even play the first two games and we weren't doing well in certain positions and then kind of spiraled from there and they asked if I wanted to give it a go and I said, yeah, I mean, I, I just want to play. So yeah. um, it worked out in the end.
0: Oh, it sounds like a great time there, Chicago. Um, I'm really interested then, so you've spent your whole life and your whole football career up until this point in America. How does a move to Scotland with Rangers come about?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's somewhat obviously to an extent who you know and the timing of things as well. And um, so I'll try and keep it long story short. Mike McGee, if you're familiar with him, mm-hmm. um, he played in uh, LA Galaxy. Uh, He came to Chicago my first year, I think, or before I came into the league. Um, He was, like, the MVP of the league in 2014, and I came in 15. Mm -hmm. Um, Him and I got really close, and he ended up going back to L.A. when Steven Gerrard went to L.A. Um, Mike McGee and I, I obviously told him, like, Steven Gerrard was an idol of mine, and I really liked his game and wanted to model my game after him. And I was like, is there any way – I could meet him after our game in Chicago, um, just f- for 10, 15 minutes. Um, uh, McGee was super cool. He, uh, asked him and things worked out. Um, I met him at the hotel. We chatted for 10, 15 minutes. He ended, Jared ended up not playing that game, mm. um, against us, but he was in the stands because they were traveling back from New York or something. And, uh, yeah, we just chatted for 10, 15 minutes. He thought I played really well. Um, and then I just kept in contact with them. I found out that, you know, he took that, obviously he retired, then he took the job with Rangers and I reached out to my agent he reached out there and um, I must've made a decent impression against LA when he wasn't playing. Unfortunately, yeah. I wanted to play against him, um, mm-hmm. but it was, I must've made a decent impression where he at least gave me a chance to come over and play with Rangers for, I think it was 18 months. So.
0: So it basically all came about cause you're a massive Steven Gerrard fan. Is that what you're saying? <laughs>
1: an extent yeah i mean i I didn't think it would really come from anything i just wanted to meet him and you know pick his brain a bit and um i met him even before that when i was with the national team in la when he he was with la um yeah i just i just wanted to pick his brain and ask him about his career and nothing really i never thought anything would personally come from it yeah um i didn't i wasn't like oh i met him he's gonna give me a chance nah i mean i just wanted to yeah i just Seeked out a guy that I, I admired and wanted to just talk to him.
0: Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Well, um, yeah, you, you'll obviously be able to tell by the accent, and I bet you're not missing accents like this. But um, we we're obviously based in Scotland. There's there's actually there's a really big Rangers following for the fourth officials. So uh, I'm going to pester you now with a few questions about your time at Ibrox, um, if that's all right. Um, that's fine. But before the, the the football side of things, um, I just want to get your take on what life is like in uh, in Glasgow compared to perhaps some of the more sunny parts of the world that you're used to.
1: First and foremost, I I can take these calls now knowing the accent. Not that it's different length, <laughs> but I can understand every single word you say now, and I can tell you my first couple of weeks. It, uh, the training ground were so brutal. I I mean, you got, you got Alan McGregor in there speaking and (laughs) you can't understand half the things he says, but um, yeah, first and foremost, you guys don't get much sun, but outside of that, Glasgow, the people are incredible, super warm, um, welcoming, never had any issues. And I love my time walking around Scotland in general and just seeing the culture and how much, you know, football matters to them. And, how much the how much support you know Rangers has, and it's just you you don't realize the scale of it until you actually go and witness it. And mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to do that. And I don't even think my parents knew what it meant until they got to go see a game. So um, all in all, it was an incredible experience.
0: Yeah, no, brilliant. I mean, that's kind of what my next question was going to be about because Rangers are a massive club, Celtic are a massive club, and and the rivalry is so intense. Um, you you kind of answered it, but I was wondering, did, did you know what you were getting into by coming to to get involved in that in that rivalry?
1: I I definitely knew to an extent. Um, not to that extent though. You know, yeah. you obviously you see it on TV, and but then you like you hear the things like some of the fans say about one another and you're just like, what the, f-? like, it's actually yeah. <laughs> crazy how much you guys hate each other. And it's, and you don't know that because you're not there. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I knew what I was getting into. Did I know what, how much of it I was getting into? Absolutely not.
0: No. Yeah. And what, um, I'm just interested as well. What, what did your, your new wife think of life in Glasgow? She misses it. Yeah.
1: She absolutely misses it. Um, so do I, to an extent, uh, you you live in america and soccer here is not like the biggest sport and then you go to glasgow and it's just like she loved the people she loved the atmosphere Uh, it's it's tough to it's tough to replace it's probably irreplaceable so um she loved
0: it yeah good good you'll be back to visit then at some point i'm sure
1: Uh, i mean once covid settles down i would love to come back absolutely
0: yeah okay well the football side of things then um I guess you knew you were coming to compete in a in a good squad. And it's probably fair to say you maybe didn't get that much of a chance. Um, overall, looking back on 18 months, I know you, you said you enjoyed it, but is that a frustration of yours that you perhaps didn't get as much of, of a chance to have an impact in the first team as you would have liked?
1: Yeah, I think, obviously, for me, I wanted to go over there and, and make an impact and be a part of that group. And I thought in the games that I did get, I, I definitely never hurt myself I Mm -hmm. mean there's a couple games where maybe I didn't do enough and I can I'll always say how I feel and I always hold my standard pretty high and I know when I've done well and I know when I haven't so Mm -hmm. I thought all the games i played I've done well but you know I thought it was a bit bit harsh I thought I played really really well against the Ross County game at home and then I thought I did pretty well against Aberdeen at home as well and I know we didn't end up winning those games but that's the only two games I had back-to-back, back really, where I thought I did really well and then kind of just didn't get a look after that again. So for me, it was tough to take, but I know how difficult it is and how good that squad is, and obviously they're showing that this year, so I can't really complain in terms of what they're doing and what the decisions were. So um, I respect their decisions, and obviously he respected mine wanting to come home and to mm-hmm. to play more consistently, and I think that was just the, the gap between – um, him and I uh, towards the end of my career there.
0: Yeah, no f- fair enough. I think that's a pretty sort of widespread view is that whenever he did play, he did well and I think there was a period of time perhaps when uh, James Tavernier, who's been exceptional this season, um, but there was a period of time where he perhaps wasn't hitting those heights um, and yeah, I think there's probably a pretty you know common view that um, perhaps you did do enough to, to get a little bit more of a run but um, like you say that's I guess that's football when people have got decisions to make don't they and, and you know that's a choice about leaving out a captain as well which is probably quite a difficult thing to do so yeah tough
1: yeah it's it's not it's not easy and I think Tab's done like you said incredible this season and I I think he has there's such high expectations on him when he doesn't hit those all the time it's people are going to be on him constantly and that's it's a bit unfair because i think what he's done for the club has been massive and you can kind of see it this year what he's done and so at the end of the day it's it was never him or i i think it was just a decision and that like you said you can't really leave your captain out and and he kind of pushed the team and i think you're seeing it this year that he that he can do that at a Mm -hmm. high level
0: and he—he's a leader, and, and you mentioned Alan McGregor earlier. He's a, a leading voice. Uh, I'm just interested generally about uh, you know who were the guys that kind of helped you to settle in and um, make you feel welcome when you first came to Rangers.
1: I think the first day when that felt me mo- got me most comfortable would be I would say Lee Wallace. Um, yeah. Before he ended up leaving, um, incredible guy, um, down to earth. Asked me questions, what I thought of Glasgow. He even asked me like what I thought of MLS and he kind of like settled me a bit. Um, And then once he kind of parted ways as well, um, Andy Halliday, Scott Arfield were probably my two closest friends. Mm -hmm. Even Flanagan was was up there as well. I would say we we had a car school together. So it would be those three guys um, that, you know, kind of settled me the most and, you know, made me enjoy my time there quite a bit.
0: Yeah. I noticed the friendship with Halliday. What what kind of a guy is he? Is he a, a, a good guy to be around?
1: Yeah. I mean, Andy, it's, what, a, what a competitor, dude. I've never seen somebody train, like, pfft, he was incredible in training. I thought he had, like, we had, I think, when I was there, I don't know if they're still doing it, but we had a point system. So, right. you know, it would calculate how many points people had through the course of the season, and, like, the last three had to pay fines or buy tickets for the top three to go somewhere in the – whatever for off season but mm-hmm. he would always be in the top three he would always win in training you wanted him on your team and then after away from footy I mean we would be on call of duty for, with each other for fucking three hours you know and it's just like you can't you can't replicate that I enjoyed my time hanging out with him as much as possible so and he was and he's probably probably my best best mate over in Scotland for sure
0: yeah, he seems a funny guy as well, which is always good.
1: He has terrible sarcasm. I hope he hears the podcast because he's like, you, don't, you don't get the Scottish sarcasm. And he's just like, he's just taking digs at me all session. He, he would walk up to me after a training session and be like, wow, you are shit. You know? And <laughs> I didn't think I was that bad. And that's what I thought to myself. It obviously was a joke. So I don't know, dude. He he's he's not funny, trust me.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Um one of our one of our subscribers, Mark, um, he uh, highlighted the fact about your sort of ability to play a few different positions and you only really seem to be used as a right back at Rangers. Um, when that wasn't quite working out for you. Did you approach manager about, you know, midfield? Was he aware of the fact that you had the ability to play in other positions or, or were you really kind of focused on training as a right back at Rangers?
1: Um, I think the main focus for me was playing right back. Obviously, like you said, things weren't happening there. And the the manager knew that I was a centre mid as well because that's what I played when he saw me play in MLS. Mm. Um, so he was familiar with the fact that I could play the position. He'd even told me that he knows I can play that. Um, but again, when you have... Steven Davis, Glenn Kamara, Joe Aribo, Ryan Jack, it's, you have to, and we were winning pretty consistent at the time. It, it was tough to really break into that as well. And mm-hmm. it just shows the scale of the team and how good they are. I mean, even now I know Ryan Jack's injured, but I mean, Davo, Glenn and Joe are incredible in that midfield. Oh, and then you have Scotty Artfield, you know, it's just like, it's almost never ending list of really good players and, to, and they're not going to play yeah for one or two games in a row you know and it's just like how do you break into that and they have the experience they have the the knowledge to win games and and the manager and the staff um, relied on them heavily so
0: yeah and I guess there's so much pressure to win every week at Rangers as well so experimenting with new players in different positions becomes harder to do because of that so tricky
1: yeah definitely tricky um yeah who knows I mean they're kind of running away with it this year. Maybe, maybe if I would have waited it out a little bit more and had a b- better chance, who knows, man? It's, it's football, and I just wanted to play more consistently. And I mm-hmm. spoke to the manager about that, and he definitely understood where I was coming from. So it was never bad blood. I think it was just let's just figure the best situation out for me and in him.
0: Yeah, no, cool. Um, Another one of our supporters, uh, William, he's asked specifically about the build-up to an old-firm game. Um, He's wondering if there's any sort of different preparation, if there's a different feeling about the place during the week at at Murray Park. Is it it intense, yeah?
1: Definitely intense. Um, I wouldn't say that the training sessions were always the same, so you knew what you were going to get the day before the session, but you could definitely see the focus level increase and the competitiveness within the session um, go up which was pretty standard. Um, you could tell when when that game was coming up. And sometimes it was almost quiet mm-hmm. because of how, how focused people were for the weekend. So, yeah, I would definitely say there's a change in, in uh, focus when those, those games were coming up.
0: You've mentioned it before. You've obviously been keeping an eye on it. Celtic are desperately chasing 10 in a row. Um, it's looking increasingly difficult for them week on week and the, the reason for that is the, the run of form that Rangers have been on Are you surprised at how dominant Rangers have been this season?
1: Uh, n- not at all really because you could kind of see the team growing as the manager kept getting the players he wanted mm-hmm. um, I think he had the group of guys last year, I think things just didn't click as much um, and it, and when you're, I don't even know how many shutouts they have this year, but when you're not giving up any goals and you're just not dropping points to teams sometimes that we were last year, it's just, it's gonna, it's gonna obviously give you the best chance of winning the league. And they're obviously in incredible form. And I don't, I don't see that really changing.
0: Yeah, mate, you're right. They've, they've conceded six goals in 23 games, which is just yeah, obscene. I mean, it doesn't get talked it, about it enough. I, I,
1: at that point, if you're only gonna give up six goals in 22 games, you said 22 uh, games. Yeah,
0: 22, 23. Yeah,
1: you're is a Rangers player, and you're 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 always gonna score one goal, you know. So it's like you're giving yourself the best opportunity to win games, and they're doing that right now.
0: So as you said, obviously it came to an end quite naturally, I think, with, with you and Rangers. Um, it seemed, seemed like the right thing for everyone. Uh, you're back home now, um, back in the States, um, playing with New England Revolution. Um, how's how's that been going? Are you, you enjoying your football again?
1: Yeah, I'm definitely enjoying it, obviously. When you're playing and you're part of a group, you feel you feel a part of it and you feel like you're contributing. And that was the biggest thing for me is what I wasn't feeling with Rangers because I didn't feel like I was contributing to the squad. It was tough. But now being here and settling in Uh, we were in tough times and i know everybody was going through them but we we got really close to achieving something special we lost to columbus in the conference finals of the western conference i mean the eastern conference so we were close i think we have we're not far away from doing something special again this year um and again i wanted to play for bruce who knows how to win in this league and that was a big factor of coming back over
0: as well Oh brilliant. Um, and I guess last thing, I'm just kind of interested in uh, your future because obviously you've had a bit of a taste of European football. Um, do you see yourself coming back over here to play football abroad again, or you know are you quite happy to just see out the rest of the career over in the states? Have you got have you got a plan, or is it just take it as it comes?
1: I definitely wouldn't rule it out because I I did enjoy my time over in Europe, mm-hmm. in the UK, and I that was a dream of mine as well to make that happen and not that it was short because it was 18 months, but I definitely wanted it to be a little bit longer and I would never rule anything out. That's for sure. But as of right now, I'm really focused on trying to achieve something with uh, the revolution and back in the MLS.
0: Listen, that's us. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us here at the fourth official. We've, uh, we've really appreciated it. Um, so yeah, all the best with the revolution and uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye out. We might see you back over here at some point.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Maybe, maybe. Thanks for having me by the way.
0: If you enjoy interviews from the world of Scottish football like this one and our articles, then please consider becoming a fourth official subscriber on Patreon. You'll get access to bonus material and all of our content there first for as little as £2.99 per month. Help us to tackle the mainstream media by becoming a subscriber now at patreon.com slash the fourth official.